It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Chicago Audible podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's Sunday, July 26th, and training camp festivities are just about to begin this week, although there's going to be a ramp-up period, making everything a little bit more atypical than it already is, but hey, that's 2020. I want to thank you for tuning in today. I'm your host, Little Wit. I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. And Nick, we have another mouth to feed today. Uh, we have someone else on the show, which, of course, we're excited about. Should we kind of bring him on here to the live recording? Yeah, I think so. All right, uh, let's click a button. We have Brandon Hazlett, uh, former co-host, still co-host in uh, all legacy standards. But Brandon, I think it's been about a year since you've been on the show. You've gotten married. Uh, is there anything else new that you want to list, uh, let our listeners know about? I know everyone's been uh, missing you hard here in the chat. I see tweets about you all the time, and I'm sure those listening, uh, as soon as I let you actually speak in a moment, they're going to be excited to hear your voice. Uh, yeah, uh, get married has been the, the biggest life event that's happened since then. I got my second degree, uh, in construction management, which is one of the other reasons why I had to take a break from the, from the podcast, had a lot going on. So got that done. And, uh, before you know it, we're going to start breaking ground on our, on our house that we're going to build. So we got, got a lot of things moving in place here. It's going to be a lot of fun. So wait, you said you took a break from the show. Are you trying to tell me you want to earn your spot back from time to time this season? Uh, I would not oppose coming back uh, from time to time, but full-time is still going to be out of the question right now. Oh, wow. Just put me in my place. But no, I, you're always <laughs> invited. You know that uh, as a legacy host. I mean, hell, I mean, you and I started this thing together, and that's why I'm, I have, honestly, I got that good feeling in my stomach again, like the gang's all here, not like SpongeBob with the three fingers, you know, hey, but <laughs> this is real, and this is something that's awesome. I know I've been waiting for an opportunity to bring you on and to discuss quarterbacks as we kind of wrap up our countdown to camp, just it makes a lot of sense. Not because I think the first show you had to exit was the last episode of Countdown to Camp last year, even though that full circle in this is kind of odd. I'm just glad to have you on. But Newhouse, you got married. Uh, I showed you that I'm the next Tiger Woods about a month and a half ago, too, right? Uh, yes, you did. At least in the short game, anyway. 
Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, no, we're working. I'm working on the driving. I really am. We'll we'll get out back to the course here, hopefully sooner rather than later, and you can help critique me even further because I definitely need the help. Anytime. <laughs> All right. So as you know, uh, today's positional uh, preview is for the quarterbacks, which is our final one of the summer. So it is our grand finale. We'll be sharing our breakdown of the Bears quarterback situation, taking a deep dive into what each side of the quote competition. Uh, that the Bears will be conducting throughout camp, as well as sharing who we believe will win the job. And we'll wrap it up, as we always do, with some season predictions. But first, we do have some Bears news to discuss. Nick, I know you've been waiting for this one. Yesterday evening, news broke that the Bears have traded Adam Shaheen to the Miami Dolphins for a conditional sixth-round pick. And Nick, I know you texted me about this. I was in shock. I was like, what kind of wizardry? is Ryan Pace polling over there in order to get something in return for Adam Shaheen. Now, I know we don't really need to harp on it. We didn't do an emergency podcast on it, and I don't want a whole segment on Adam Shaheen. He's no longer a bear, but Nick, I'll go to you first. Any final words about Adam Shaheen as his era comes to a close here as we embark upon the new season? You know, I think it was just inevitable to see it happen, and it was a surprise that the Bears did get something back. I, I Obviously, it's a, a competition pick, so you have to see what exactly he has to do. It's probably going to be snaps-related because anything in terms of <laughs> expectations with stats is probably not going to happen for Adam Shaheen. But, yeah, it was just it was long overdue. It just never worked out here in Chicago. And, look, you hope for the best somewhere else now, obviously, in Miami, but We've seen what Adam Shaheen can and really can't do, and we'll see what happens with him now that he's a Miami Dolphin. Yeah, uh, like I said, there's something a lot to discuss about when it comes to Adam Shaheen. We actually Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. We were debating him making the roster or not last week, and both of us said there's no way in hell he's making this roster. And luckily for us, uh, two of our guys that we had missing, Broniker and Shaheen for the tight end show, are already no longer on the team. So we're really on track here for the tight end room nick but brandon i'm curious about your thoughts here obviously we didn't get your take on another debacle of a year that adam shaheen had in 2019 any thoughts about his time here in chicago as we kind of move on from it uh the back uh debacle or lack thereof from last year's production from what i can remember uh i don't think it's going to be one that's really missed uh when I think about Adam Shaheen and the time he's had in here in Chicago, I always think back to our Chipotle discussion when we drafted him. So if that's the biggest thing that I can think of when we, uh, or since he's been here in Chicago, I can't say that there's much that we're going to miss. So, Yeah, and we don't have a training camp to watch him play, which is Nick, in our experience, usually when we're able to see him in action. And he'd do okay in those one-on-one red zone drills, throwing those fades, but it just never translated over to game day. So... Uh, definitely a lot to, uh, I think, be excited about as we know that other guys in that tight end room are going to get some extended looks, some bigger opportunities. They're not going to force Adam Shaheen out there on the field, and I think that's really a wise move. And again, kudos to Ryan Pace for hopefully finding a little bit of return on investment here instead of just having to cut and part ways with him. They got a little bit something back, and hopefully 
and machine does enough, whatever those uh, variables may be in Miami in order for the Bears to get a sixth-round pick back. As we know, Ryan Pace tends to hit on those mid-to-late picks anyway, so I'll take a sixth-round pick for Adam Sheen. But all right, let's go ahead and get to our final positional preview of the summer, and it's finally time to talk about the biggest question of the offseason. True or false? I know. I thought. I know, guys. I had to do it. I was thinking about it all day, and I said in my notes, decided to do it on the spot, and I read it. So we're going to go for it. But all right, let's go ahead and begin today's episode talking about the quarterback that's been the starter for the Chicago Bears over the last better part of the last two seasons, and that's of course Mitchell Trubisky. After displaying some real uh, demonstrable growth in 2018 compared to his rookie year, Mitch, as we've mentioned with the rest of the offense, Nick, uh, they took some concerning steps backward last season. Mitch wasn't nearly as impactful. That goes for with both his arm as well as with his legs. We saw an entire downturn in all of the most important statistical categories. You see his completion percentage going down from 66.6% down to 63.2%. You have his touchdowns dropping by seven. His touchdown percentage per throw is actually the third worst in the NFL as well. Only Andy Dalton and Joe Flacco had it worse last year in terms of the percentage of his throws ending up in touchdowns. Uh, as you and I were talking right before we went live, his yards per attempt was dead last in the NFL by a good margin. I think Mason Rudolph was just above him. And then after that, there's a huge jump um, into what the other quarterbacks in the NFL were able to do. And Mitch went from fifth in the NFL as a rushing quarterback down to 14th a year ago. So anyway, splice it. Mitch, during the year that he needed to take a leap forward, stumbled in the wrong direction. And I'm just barely scratching the surface here. But if Mitch is going to start, we're going to need to see him clean up a lot. So guys, which by the way, it feels nice to say guys again instead of just Nick. I can go in any direction here. I have some <laughs> options in front of me. I have a read key and I'll figure out which way I want to throw this football. But Nick, I'll actually go to you first. Are there any specific areas that you hope that Mitch shows the coaches in camp that he has improved throughout the offseason in order that he can prove to Matt Nagy and company that he can be the guy here still in 2020? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for Mitch Trubisky, and there's a lot of areas where you would like to see improvement, but I think it's just understanding where to go with the football and when the defense is in a specific coverage, when they're playing uh, you know, a specific alignment against whatever the offensive formation may be. Because we just saw so many times in 2019 where Trubisky would stare down a receiver as opposed to maybe going through the progression, finding the guy that's actually opened in the zone and then delivering a football to either get a first down or potentially more than that. But I think it's really understanding the offense. Remember, they were supposed to go to 202 in Matt Nagy's offense. Never really transpired. They most likely went back to 101 and still Mitch was having trouble just making the right decision. So I think in this training camp, which we won't be able to see and just kind of hear about from the Bears reporters, you just want to hear that Mitch is actually making the right decisions against this Bears defense. If he could do it against the Bears defense consistently, maybe it can transpire and go onto the field on Sundays. But that's that's just one area of his game. Another area is just mechanics. Whenever things are not right, you'll see that front leg lock up. And that's been something ever since I started scouting Mitch Trubisky way back in 2017 where his front leg will lock up and what will result is an inaccurate football. Usually it'll sail on him. That's happened multiple times throughout his tenure here in Chicago. It's still happening today. He has been working with Jeff Christensen, who is a known as just like a QB guru uh, coach. He's worked at Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, other guys. Maybe that's something that could have helped him 
it just throughout the off season, but there's just so many different areas. Well, you mentioned like all these stats that he just regressed in. I could keep going down the list of the things that I would like to see Mitch get better in, but there's just no guarantee that with a limited training camp and everything going on that we'll actually see that from Mitch in 2020. Yeah, no, there's a lot. Um, unfortunately, due to the limited offseason, I think we're going to have to understand. I mean, even with a full offseason, we would have to understand that he's not going to be able to correct all of these faults that he has. And Brandon, I don't know if you know of like the Pareto principle, otherwise known as like the 80-20 rule where, you know, 80% of the outcomes come from 20% of the causes. So looking for you, Brandon, do you have that most important 20% that Mitch, if he can improve on that 20%, we can see him getting back to 80% of approved results from his standpoint? Yeah, I think that a lot of it uh, for Mitch is just going to come down to he has to know the offense and he's got to know what the defense looks like and where he's necessarily got to throw the ball, which is kind of what Nick touched about uh, earlier, one of his first points. And one of the problems that I could foresee Mitch having this off season, especially with all the virus stuff is, you know, is he going to be able to be with his guys? Uh, I guess as much as he can to be able to one, get in sync and know where the guys are going to be breaking on their routes and to be able to, see where the defense is going to line up and, and play and defend that play. So I think for him, a lot of it, uh, like when I go back to 2018 and he was a very good quarterback, uh, well, maybe that's a stretch, but anyway, <laughs> um, when he, when he was a better quarterback, uh, he, he was, he was confident in, uh, Matt Nagy's, uh, offense one-on-one, uh, because he was seeing the, the field, knew how things were going to play out and he knew where his guy had to be. And then you take that next step and he just, wasn't able to complete it. So is he going to be able to spend more time on the field looking at what the defense is going to do and how his guys are going to react to it? And I think that it's just kind of a, a visual spatial thing that he's got to be able to figure out. And I don't know if it's going to be able to do it depending on what the soft season training camp looks like. Yeah, no, it's really tough. If I'm reading between the lines uh, that both of you guys brought over to me, it's really just that mental wall that Mitch needs to find a way to work through. Maybe not completely get over, but just chip away at uh, both pre- and post-snap recognition. I mean, we've seen it where he's having a hard time getting the offense in a spot where he knows pre-play where he should be going with this ball. And if defenses adjust or if they show a different uh, coverage after the snap, he has a hard time adjusting to it, going through his progression and figuring out where exactly he needs to go with that football to make a play. And on top of that, too, even if he does have good coverage um, on a receiver and he wants to take a chance at it, Something else that Mitch needs to find a way to work on and improve is just knowing the correct trajectory that the ball needs for that specific play. There's just too many misses like this where if you have a Tariq Cohen running a wheel route down the sideline and he has a step, why are you throwing it to his back foot, back shoulder? You should be launching that ball over his shoulder, allowing him to get a decent play on that ball. And Nick, you talked about his eyes. It's just such a problem. You see it game in, game out, week in. It's just that he needs to learn how to look guys off of more. Uh, he just locks on guys immediately. Usually it's Allen Robinson, which I understand. I would love to throw to Allen Robinson and focus on him uh, every single play, but just really allows defenses to key on where that ball's going, and he doesn't find a way to look him off. If you want to go to A-Rob, great, but peek at Anthony Miller. Peek at your tight end. Force defenses to be honor some other areas of the field, and you'll have some better throwing windows. And one other item here is just being more calm and confident in the pocket. Nick, you talked about his footwork and his mechanics, and that's not great. And I think a lot of that just comes from his 
own insecurities, uh, not trusting the pocket, not trusting his protection. And I understand last year there are times where that's viable, but there are just too many times where he's seeing ghosts. There's just too many times where he's not stepping up. Instead, he's just staying flat-footed or trilling backward when he's actually trying to make a throw with no real pressure. It's just unnecessary uh, detriments that he's putting upon himself. And so really when it comes to Mitch, I think 95% of it's mental. And if those not, if that 95% of the mentality can get around or at least a good chunk of it and he plays more confident, there's a chance that he can really have an uptick in his play. Well, I'll but, chime in on the end here too. Uh, if you remember when we went to Miami in 2018 and early in the game, Mitch overthrows that pass to Anthony Miller down the middle and later in the game he comes back and fixes all those mistakes and hits Anthony Miller on that same play for a touchdown like we've we've seen it done he just needs to be able to know that he can do it so just adding to the mental roadblock he's got to be able to overcome because we've seen him do it before you're right yeah there's been times where we've seen him adjust and we've seen him learn from a mistake learn from a missed opportunity to some reason last year it was gone it just disappeared it dissipated and I don't know if it was just lack of confidence being overwhelmed by the extra responsibilities that Matt Nagy was bestowing upon him just there's a lot of variables here and I know we can probably debate and really try to figure it out and I don't think Nagy knows I think the only person that probably knows a good deal is Mitch himself and hopefully he was able to recognize it and hopefully work at some of these opportunities I'll call them throughout the offseason now, of course, last year may be hard to find, but you can also look at Mitch's 2018 too if you want to. But I think there's still a very large portion of the fan base that stands by Mitch, which is great. You don't want to just give up on a guy after one bad season, despite how easy that may just be to do. Nick, I'll go to you first. What are some things that you still like about Mitch and Mitch that give you still a little bit of hope about the kid, whether it's just a sliver or maybe a little bit more? I'm not going to call it an abundance of hope, but maybe a, a reasonable amount as well. Yeah, so I'm not even going to go to 2018. It's just what I've seen from him recently with him taking really command of this offseason and getting work with his guys when, look, this is a situation with COVID-19 where it's hard to do things, hard to get together, but he's taking it upon himself to be a good leader. So that's been something about Mitch that has been praised and it's been consistent. Even with a bad season, you can still see some of the leadership aspects, and that's continued through this offseason. He's working out with David Montgomery, Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson, Cody Whitehair, all these things that you want to see. But with Mitch Trubisky, that's something that he could still build upon. And just reaching out to Jeff Christensen, the quarterback coach, that's something that he's taken upon himself. He's taken all the necessary steps. I think I, I wrote an article. He's doing everything that you want to see out of the quarterback in an offseason, especially one like this. It just needs to all come together is is the question with him. And look, I think maybe something that I still like is his ability to get outside the pocket. I think that was hindered a little bit too, especially with the shoulder injury that he sustained again for his second season against Minnesota. So maybe a little bit more hesitant, but he was more dangerous when he got outside the pocket. Defenses had to account for that. You mentioned the stats earlier, Will, about where he was in 2018 with his rushing stats as opposed to 2019. You add that element to his game, it's multifaceted where defenses, again, just have to think about it. So I like that aspect of it. You want to see him roll out of the pocket, a little bit more plays called to just really capitalize on those strengths of his. But like I said, it's all bringing that all together now. But those are some things that I still like about Mitch. And here, here's the stat, Will. I might as well put it out here. That is, look, I I read the stat. I'm like, are you kidding? It's very... Very specific. So 
according to Benny Valor, um, a guy that just breaks down statistics on Twitter, over the last two decades, Mitch Trubisky has the highest expected points added per play on pass plays when the temperature is exactly 66 degrees. It is like you see the chart. <laughs> crazy, what? crazy specific. But if you see the chart, like Mitch Trubisky is all the way up here. Everybody else all the way at the bottom. I don't know where Patrick Mahomes is there to Sean Watson, but they're not near Mitch Trubisky when it's exactly 66 degrees out on pass plays, which is, again, the most specific stat. So what the Bears need to do is build a new stadium, have it have an enclosed um, roof, put it at 66 degrees, and the Bears are all set. They fix their quarterback problems. The Bears are set. They have a great defense. It's all settled. But I, I saw that stat. I'm like, I have to read this because it's insane. That is insane. I, I'm My first takeaway is apparently that Buccaneers game was 66 degrees out. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I, that's it the only I reason. There. It must be around 66, yeah. Yeah, that six-touchdown game that he had, I mean, that has to be it. And maybe there's a game against the Lions, too, that was about that same yep. temp. Because those two together would make what you're saying so much more, I guess, palatable or obtainable. Because I'm wondering how. And those performances would definitely stand out. But, Nick, getting back to the real stuff here. <laughs> yeah. but that's a great, it's a great stat, by the way. And I, I love stats. So you know that. So that's that's a fun one. But... You hit on a good point about what Mitch brings to the table. That's something that I still get excited about, and that is his overall athleticism, his ability to outrun defenders, his ability to escape and be mobile in the pocket, because all of those things are different compared to the other quarterback that we need to talk about here next. Because the other quarterback, Nick Foles, he does not have those same types of abilities. So that's what helps Mitch stand out. But there's some other things that Nick Foles does better, which we'll talk about that really maybe makes that not such an overall end-all, be-all factor. So, Brandon, how about you? I know that last year your uh, viewing of this team was a little off and on, so you have a little bit more of a 2018 take, which is more than fair, more than fine. But when you're looking at Mitch Trubisky as a fan, I'm curious to your point here, too. Like, What about him gets you excited about what he could do here in 2020? Uh, it's really just what we know he, he can do and his familiarity with some of these players that Nick Foles necessarily doesn't have. Uh, you know, Mitch has been around these receivers and uh, his running backs and his tight ends for far longer than, than Nick Foles has, obviously. So I think that that camaraderie and that brotherness, that togetherness that they, they have, the, the knowing of each other, uh, is really going to help Mitch uh, in the long run. And that doesn't, you know, that gets me more excited to see Mitch over Nick. And maybe the unknown will help me uh, be more excited to see Nick Foles over Mitch. But as far as what gets me excited to see Mitch is just knowing that there is the potential uh, for him to, to do something better than what we've seen because we've seen that in the past. Yeah, and that's probably the most maddening part of it, right, Brandon? Like, we've seen it, but right. why it just couldn't it needs we, to come back, right. It needs to come back, and it needs to be consistent. Uh, I was going to say Nick, but we also mentioned Nick Foles. I want to make sure I'm talking about Nicholas Moriano. Is there anything else about Mitchell Trubisky that you want to talk about before we move over to Nick Foles? Of course, we're going to talk Nick Foles, and then I want to kind of bring both of them together to do a little compare and contrast. So if there's nothing for this point, we can move on. But if you have anything else you want to discuss, I'll hear for it. No, I think we hit on some of the bigger things that Mitch obviously would like to see better. But I think some of my takeaways that I want to hit on are going to be when we bring these two guys together. So let's continue, Will. All right. So, of course, COVID-19 has its own twist on Nick Foles' capacity to be a competitor, I think, in this true 
quarterback battle that I think has lost a little bit of its muster because you aren't going to have that full preseason. You're not going to have a true training camp. But, I've, of course, on top of that, Foles lost an entire offseason program. I mentioned, as I just said, that typical training camp and preseason game. So for a guy that is new to the building and is vying for the most important position in the offense, that's quite the eight ball to be behind. So I'm curious, and Brandon, I'll go to you first. Just how much of a bind do you believe this unique offseason and training camp does put on Nick Foles? Because do you still think he still has a fair shot to win this job due to these other circumstances? Or does just, I call it the COVID offseason, kind of limit his ability to have this fair chance? I think it, it hinders him, but uh, with Nick Foles having familiar uh, familiarity with the type of offense that Matt Nagy runs, it doesn't put him as far behind as some people might might think uh, with his time in Philadelphia with Andy Reid, uh, Nick Foles is going to know what to expect. And I, th- I think that that's going to really, really help. Well, in 2016 in Kansas city, totally forgot that when he was there with Matt Nagy. So, you know, the, the familiarity and the uh, somewhat basic understanding of what this offense is going to do won't necessarily put him too far behind the eight ball. Yeah, I've, obviously, whenever you have a system that's similar, it's going to help. There's going to be some different uniqueness. And I know Nagy, because uh, he wanted to run mostly the same offense from 2018 and 19, and defense has caught on. Defense has found a way to figure it out. He's going to have to adjust it. Uh, there's no way around that one. But there's a few challenges that I see Nick Foles having. Number one, the inability so far to establish any chemistry. Uh, he hasn't had that opportunity just yet. That's going to happen here soon. Uh, the offense, like we said, with that uniqueness, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. It won't be large, and I think that's why they brought in Nick Foles, because they had a hunch that the offseason is going to be as weird as it is. And any other quarterback would have been so much further behind. Foles is the only one that could come in here and be a part of a competition. And just like chemistry, it's going to be a little bit harder, at least up to this point of the year, to earn the respect, to earn that leadership needed at the position in the locker room with some of these other guys on the team. But Nick, how about you? Any other what I'll call challenges that you envision Nick Foles having just due to the COVID offseason that we've had? Well, I think it's a lot of what you guys have hit on. Yes, he is going into, or this is his ninth season now in the NFL, and obviously not having those opportunities to work out with his new teammates is going to hinder, I think, think a little bit, right? Because, yes, he knows the offense. Bill Lazor's there. He has familiarity with him. Matt Nagy, John D. Filippo, all these guys that are going to be very important for whoever is going to start at the quarterback position for the Bears. But you still need to know when Allen Robinson likes to make that cut, when Anthony Miller likes to you know, set up his guy and when that ball should be. And I think having that experience in the NFL does help Nick Foles, but it also helps just working out with your guys. He was just seen yesterday working out with some high school kids in Vernon Hills as opposed to Mitch Trubisky, who's been working out with his actual players, his actual teammates. So you see the differences there. Yes, you're getting work in throwing the football, but you would rather much have Nick Foles, your newcomer, maybe you're possibly your starting quarterback, work out with the guys he's going to throw to all season. But it does help that he has that experience, that familiarity with the coaches. But it's a lot of the things that you two said about the challenges. And honestly, with this whole entire situation, COVID-19 and the limitations on things, I think it just helps Mitch put him more in line to be that guy come week one just because of, again, going back familiarity. He's been the guy here for a couple seasons, and maybe the Bears just want to see you know, one last try. Why not to see what they have in Mitch Trubisky, obviously being the former number two overall pick. 
Yeah, I mean, if they go in a different direction, we'll talk about our thoughts about who's going to win the job later in the show. But if they go in a different direction than Mitch, it's going to Mitch is going to really have to struggle throughout camp, and he's going to have to show like, hey, no growth. Like I'm, I am the same guy you saw a year ago. And if that happens, and it's an easier decision. But getting back to Foles, he's had an interesting career of ups and downs, as well as I'll call twists and turns. It's just gone in a lot of different directions, but. Even though he did struggle in his limited time in Jacksonville, uh, of course, he broke that clavicle week one, uh, came back rusty. Don't need to get into all the ins and outs there, but there's a reason still why the Bears wanted to add Foles to the roster. So, Nick, when I'm looking at Nick Foles, I see a few things. Number one, he trusts his receivers. Uh, He trusts to throw them up in those one-on-one situations, something that we talked about in the receiver show earlier this week. We didn't see a lot of. We didn't see a lot of those opportunities for those guys. Uh, On top of that, too, we talked about Mitch's inability to recognize coverage both pre- and post-snap. Well, that's really Nick Foles' strength. He knows how to recognize coverages. He can see it. He's been around for so long. He knows how to make that pre-snap check to put the offense in a position to punish a defense. And if they want to throw a wrinkle after the snap, he knows how to go through his progression. You see him going through options one through four, whereas Mitch, he gets stuck after maybe two. And on top of that, too, really good accuracy. He's not a gunslinger type of a guy, but... He knows how to get the ball where it's needed based off of the coverage that defense is playing. And he can get his weapons in a catch-and-run situation, another area where we didn't see the Bears often have many of a year ago. But getting to Nick Foles for you, Nick, what other or anything you want to build upon what I've mentioned, strengths that Nick Foles brings to the table into Chicago that get you excited about the potential to have in this offense? Yeah, so I think with this offense, you're obviously going to see a lot of RPOs, which has been something that Mitch has struggled to make the right decision on, right? Just whether to actually keep the ball, pass it to a receiver right in the slant. Nick Foles is really good at deciding what is it that he actually has to do on a given play, making those quick decisions, getting the ball out quick. And that's what this West Coast Andy Reid type of offense really is. A lot of these quick decisions – Nick Foles excels at that. You mentioned that, Will, and I think that's something where I look at why the Bears made the decision to bring in Nick Foles. Well, that's why. he, Like we said earlier, he has familiarity with the offense, but he also knows how to run it efficiently, effectively, get the most out of his receivers like you were saying. So I think that's something that you can get excited about. And although Nick Foles isn't the most mobile, definitely he's not going to be a guy like Mitch that gets outside the pocket. He can maneuver the pocket pretty well. He knows how to step up, avoid that pass rusher. And he does keep the ball for a long time. He does, but he allows himself to give the play a chance. That's maybe why he takes some of these injuries and gets hit all the time. And that's why he hasn't been able to stay on the field. But that's also giving the offense a chance for a play that's supposed to develop a little bit longer down the field. If you're getting those longer routes down the field, you need to be able to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. Nick Foles does do that. But a byproduct of that are the injuries, and that's like my biggest concern with him. But there's a lot to like with Nick Foles. It makes sense. It's just can he stay on the field is the biggest question. Yeah, no doubt about it. The injury proneness, I'll call it, uh, is definitely one of those bigger concerns. Brandon, uh, one aside question before I get over to you. Do you also hear every time Nick's mic pops? Yes. Okay. Just Damn making it. sure. It, it was <laughs> rampant on that last uh, that really? last bit you had. Yeah. I don't know if you're just getting like that jacked up about quarterback He's play and excited. you're screaming. I don't or the mic. <laughs> he loves Nick Foles. That's what it is. I mean it was just it was just go. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring 
then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. But it was going. About, yeah. How about you, B? Uh, anything else about Nick Foles' strengths that you want to make sure to highlight? He doesn't really turn the ball over much, which I think is uh, important, especially when you look at Mitch, who's had 12 interceptions in 2018 and, and 10 in 2019, which wasn't you know nearly as bad. But when you look at Nick Foles and his uh, longer career, he only has two years where he has double-digit interceptions, 2014 and 2015. Uh, and, you know, maybe part of that's because he doesn't necessarily play as much, uh, you know, when you go through and look at his record. But uh, regardless, he's not going to be one who's going to force the ball if he doesn't have to. Uh, and like Nick said, he'll hold on to the ball and throw those those deeper passes, which is great, something Mitch doesn't do. And uh, I think that's something that you can definitely be, be more excited about. He's probably not going to be as mobile after the injury that he took last year in Jacksonville, but he still has that uh, capability to his game too. So there's a lot of similarities between Nick and Mitch that I think we should be excited for both quarterbacks, but I think because it's someone new gives us a reason to be more excited for Nick maybe than Mitch. <laughs> I'm sure Moriano likes hearing that one too. But <laughs> yeah, I get that. I mean, even when you look at like Nick Foles' like interception percentage, so like his interception percent of throws that are intercepted, uh, that's usually pretty low too. It's like less than like one most seasons where I know uh, Trubisky kind of teeters around that 2 to 3% per year. So definitely a good one about limiting the turnovers. We don't want to put that defense on the field too many times like we did a year ago. So limiting those is definitely key. But let's go on the flip side. What are some of the weaknesses that of Foles that we should be aware of? I know he's not a perfect quarterback in his own right. There's a reason why he's been on so many teams uh, throughout his entire career. Uh, so there are going to be some limitations here. Uh, the very first one I'll throw out is that he's not a precise thrower. He's accurate. He can get the ball where it needs to be, but in terms of throwing the ball into tight windows or always being um, consistent with his accuracy and being pinpoint accurate, that one is a little bit more uh, sporadic. But more times than not, he's accurate, just not precise. There is a little bit of a difference there. And we both kind of hit on the lack of mobility. I think that's a big weakness of his. It's it's not that he's immobile. It's just that he's a little lethargic with his movements, whether it's inside the pocket or if he has to do a little boot out, just a little bit pokey at times. That's really almost, though, weirdly, on my list at least, about it. I mean, there's not too many faults to his game. I mean, sometimes balls will sail on him, but you're going to see that with most quarterbacks. But unlike Mitch, where it's, he doesn't recognize coverage, he doesn't recognize changes in coverage, he has a hard time making adjustments pre-snap, you don't see any of those mental issues with Nick Foles, which to me is a big plus. But how about you, Nick? I'm sure there are some other weaknesses that you want to uncover here as well. Yeah, I think what the big thing for me when I was just watching Nick Foles and just seeing who he is as a quarterback, you kind of think about, again, he has been in a couple different teams. Why does Gardner Minshew, a former six-round pick, take his job after coming back from an injury? I think it's just that Nick Foles is a byproduct of what is around him. You look at the Eagles in 2017. The O-line, one of the best in the NFL. The receivers are making all these contested catches. Alshon Jeffrey's doing his thing and things of that nature. The Eagles do go on and win the Super Bowl. 2018, there's a lot of there's some injuries, obviously. And then you come to the Jaguars where you don't have those receivers. You don't have those offense, the offensive line in place. And Nick Foles, as a result, the play is not what it should be. He gets benched and is replaced by Gardner Minshew. 
So now I try to put that with the Bears. Well, they don't have the best offensive line. They're still trying to figure out this offense, and he still has to, in a way, kind of learn and get you know accustomed to all these new players. So one of the weaknesses, I think, it's just he's going to be a byproduct of what is around him. Does he elevate people? I don't know if that would be the case. I mean, he was on the market for a reason. The Jaguars let him go for a reason. Gardner Minshew is now the quarterback there and not Nick Foles. So that was the thing that I was looking at when I was thinking about Nick Foles and just thinking, okay, compare Nick Foles to the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFC or Mitch Trubisky. They're still what? Probably the bottom guys, I would assume. I mean, I have the list here if if I wanted, if you guys wanted to kind of look at it, but he's not, he doesn't raise the level of quarterback play that much he's not it, look at the nfc north probably the worst two quarterbacks are the bears quarterbacks no doubt I mean, you could debate kirk cousins if you want but still the nfc south matt ryan teddy bridgewater drew Brees, tom brady you're not taking nick Foles or mitch trubisky over any of those guys even in the east maybe daniel jones and dwayne haskins but then and then you go to the west kyler murray jared goff jimmy garoppolo russell wilson you're not taking nick Foles or mitch trubisky over any of those guys so that's why when i look at why they brought him in, I could see why, but I just don't know how much better he is. He can run the offense, but he doesn't – I don't think he raises the level of everybody around him. Yeah, no, it's all fair point. Uh, like you said, a product of your environment, which I think a lot of quarterbacks are to their own degree, Then, except those special few that really do take their surrounding cast and, like you said, elevate – their play and in terms of what Jacksonville did with them I don't know I think Jacksonville just makes some really odd decisions Nick (laughs) yeah just like the Dolphins but it's okay maybe it's a Florida thing but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got Tom Brady so I guess that evens out uh two bad decisions for one really good one down there for those teams but let's go ahead we talked about the pros and cons of Mitch so far we looked at the strengths and weaknesses of Nick Foles let's kind of bring them all together here and Brandon I'll go to you first. Uh, what do you like more about Mitch than Nick Foles heading into a quarterback as 2020? I think you already hit on it a little bit, but now that we're going to have this as an official talking point, curious your thoughts. Uh, boy, it's it's weird kind of – at first when I, when I started making notes for this, I was like, yeah, Mitch is definitely the, the better quarterback. Then I'm kind of looking at, at Nick Foles, and I'm like, well, they're both just kind of game managers. You know, so I guess what I look forward to in Mitch more than Nick is just that, that Mitch is familiar with all the pieces around him. And if Nick Foles is just, uh, like we said, like Nick was talking about, a byproduct of the, the people around him, then we shouldn't really expect him to be that quarterback that we've seen uh, that Super Bowl season that Philadelphia went to where Nick Foles played lights out that whole that whole playoff run. So I don't think we're going to see any of that. And I think that's sort of a, a fluke for, for Nick Foles in the way that he played. But I, we know what we're getting with Mitch. We know the things that he can do, and we know that you know last year he took a step back. But there's there's still hope, and there's still light at the end of the tunnel for Mitch uh, to be able to be able to extend his contract this year. Who knows? I know that's another talking point we'll get to later. But uh, I I think that we have seen what seen what Mitch can do, and we've seen his potential all his time here in Chicago. And I think that's still reason enough for us to get excited for him over Nick Foles. Okay, how about you, Nick? Reasons to be excited about Mitch over Nick Foles. I think the biggest thing, and I'm not too excited about Mitch, but it it is it has to go with potential. What is his ceiling? I don't we I don't think we've seen it. We've seen some of the throws that he can make, some of the plays that he can make, and we also have to account like this offense, other than the quarterback, was awful. 
this offensive line didn't block anybody. These tight ends, there were there were all these tight ends, but they produced nothing. So maybe with all the pieces in place, the coaching in place, can Mitch actually take that, capitalize it, and actually have a good season? So that's what maybe gets me excited. But it's also I don't know if you're going to ask this again, Will. Like, what's the like? How do you feel about Nick Foles? It's also potential. With the offense, what could the offense actually be now that you have someone that's capable of running it? So it, it goes both ways. Potential is both of them. I'll counter yeah. Nick's argument there because Nick Foles has been around the league for, for some time now. And when I look through what he's done, there's nothing that really stands out other than that playoff run. So I don't I think we've seen Nick Foles ceiling. I don't think we've seen Mitch's yet. So nothing stands out besides being a Super Bowl MVP. Well, like I said, it's a that, that's a fluke thing. <laughs> I, I mean, he's, it's a hell a of a fluke thing everyone. for him, though, right? Like, oh, I mean, absolutely. To be yeah, honest, not going to deny that. Yeah. Now, of course, for me, uh, you guys hit on all of them. I can harp on the mobility difference again, but I'm not going to. I think that was pretty obvious going through the notes the first time through. But, yeah, Nick, you knew what's coming up next, so I kind of want to flip it now and talk about things that Nick Foles brings to the table that gets you excited as opposed to Mitchell Trubisky. I think it all starts and I don't think it ends with, but I think it starts with that recognition, that mental fortitude, that a level of awareness that I think Nick Foles has a really strong advantage over a Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, am I right there, Mr. Moriano? Yeah, I think that's what it is. And I think that's what the Bears are really missing in 2019. I, I think, look, regardless of who he could have put at quarterback, that it wasn't going to be a good outlook just because the offense was, it was broken for the lack of better words. There wasn't blocking all these things I've already said, but it's just the potential of the offense because we saw times where guys were open. You mentioned the tree cone play down, down the sideline. I think it was against the Los Angeles Rams on, on that Sunday night game against tree Cohen on linebacker or when Allen Robinson leaks out on a wheel route against the chiefs. We were at that game. Will these people are open. Matt Nagy schemed them open but the play isn't there because the quarterback can't capitalize on a just wide open play. And you, we've seen in spurts, Nick Foles has been able to do that. And he's done it, look, in pressure situations. Like those playoff runs, he has to play to the best of his ability. The Super Bowl outplays Tom Brady. You've seen him capitalize on those intense moments. So that's what makes me excited about Nick Foles potentially starting the season you know, winning this quarterback competition, we're just going to actually see the offense, I think, become what Matt Nagy envisioned. I think he has the pieces in place. We just got to see it come to fruition. That's another piece of it, too. I know that uh, someone's going uh, church of the lob in our chat here on YouTube has been talking about just how much not having a true tight end probably hurt Mitch last year in this entire offense. And we talked about that, Nick, last week. Uh, just how much the Bears needed to overhaul that position. And they've done a good job of doing so this offseason. Uh, that's another piece of the equation. But looking at Nick Foles, something that I get excited about is that ability not to waste throws or attempts. Uh, he's top five in the NFL limiting bad throws, uh, bad throws according to pro football reference, uh, with being uh, not on target, just wasted attempts, and just completely well, bad throws. That's a good way to put it. Uh, I think only 10 to 12% of his throws, that being Nick Foles, was rated as bad, which is, again, top five in the NFL over the last two seasons. But if you look at Mitch, that number nearly doubles. It's nearly 20% of his throws are rated as bad, which is one of every five passing attempts, which is near the bottom 20-something of the NFL. But, B, how about you, man? Uh, anything else you wanted to mention about Nick Foles that gets you excited about him over Mitchell Trubisky? 
it is cool that he was a uh, you know Super Bowl MVP. I won't <laughs> I won't take that away from him, you know. But uh, the fact then the next year he comes uh, to Chicago in that playoff game, the one that I don't want to mention where a oblong object hit the goalpost twice. Um, <laughs> you know they barely beat us in that game. Did did Nick Foles do anything in that game that made us think, wow, I want him to be a Chicago Bears quarterback? I mean, not really. So I I still am going to take, probably take the less popular side and I'm going to stick with, I'm more excited to see Mitch uh, and see what he can do. But I think some of this uh, on the offense comes down to is the offensive coordinators and Matt Nagy going to be able to come up with a different uh, game plan, kind of like what we talked about earlier, where, um, they should. They played a lot of the same offense in 2019 as they did in 2018, and teams adjusted to it. So I'm interested to see as an offense what this adjustment uh, makes, and that's going to kind of determine our quarterback situation. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, almost, I laughed because I was trying to cry when you mentioned that game again about the object, and <laughs> the thing that we all know it did, but. In terms of that game specifically, I think the only thing that Nick Foles did was infuriate me because of all those touch passes he had with right. Eddie Jackson on the field. It was just like someone get that ball. And we all know who was supposed to and who would have. I mean, Roquan had his pick, but that was a different kind of a throw. But yeah, all those lob passes. Those t- I mean, which, by the way, is the strength of Nick Foles because he, the Bears' defense was aggressive. They had good pressure on him, and he was able to throw the ball away from the zone and lead receivers to some of those less dangerous areas. So it is, as much as I was infuriated at the time, it is, I would call, a strength of Nick Foles. But guys, I want to figure out who do you have winning the job and why? This is why everyone's listening. This is why people are tuning in. This is, I was going to say this is why we do the show, but we do preview every position. <laughs> but this is the theme of this episode, the quarterback competition. So let's go to Brandon first because he's been off for so, such a long time. And I think he's already laid his hands, his cards down onto the table. So just uh, B, who do you have winning the job and why? Uh, when we started the show, I picked up this quarter because I really wasn't totally sure. Uh, so I was just going to kind of flip it and see who we get. Uh, and that's still kind of the way I feel, but I think I've talked myself into Mitch a little bit, just given the nature of this off season. Uh, I think we'll see him start. I don't know necessarily that he finishes the year, but I think that he will be the starter come week one. How about you, Nick? Yeah, I feel the same way with Brandon. I think Mitch will be the week one starter again, given the situation of everything, him just practicing with his teammates for this entire offseason, and there's no preseason games. The thing is, I think with this quarterback competition, what the coaches wanted to see is how these two guys really perform against other competition. Obviously, the training camp practices are going to be important, but that necessarily hasn't been an area where Mitch has struggled in. He's had practices. I think last year it was Chase Daniels saying Mitch had the best practice he's ever had. He looked sharp. And then I think it was a game against the Lions. He goes out and balls out. So it, so it's like he could do it in practice. It's in the games where we don't see it translate. But just given that maybe the Bears just want to give him one last shot and look at how the Bears start the season. I think that's also kind of important how they want to play who wants to be the starter here. You start up against the Lions, the Giants. Fal- Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
Redskins and Colts, those are all teams last year that struggled defensively. Mitch, to his credit, has actually done decent to fairly well against defenses that have been bad. And that would be a way to get the Bears to ease into the season, ease him into a game plan, and to have him maybe get hot from the start. But I also, this is an article I wrote, this can also be a downturn because right after that first quarter of the season, the Bears play much tougher defenses, so it could be a false hope as to who Mitch really is. But Mitch, I think, will be the week one starter. But like Brandon, I don't think he finishes out the season. I think Nick Folt, we're going to see them both play. Let's just say that. Well, you're right along the same lines as me, guys. I was going to, like I was telling you, Nick, before we went live, like, I was like, yeah, I went through my notes, like, it's going to be Mitch, done. And then you kind of flesh out a little bit more, reflect and think about it. And I started leaning a little bit more towards Nick Foles, but I thought about Ryan Pace in this regard. And what really kind of came back was this is his first round pick. This is his second overall pick that he traded up for. And if you go out there and you say Nick Foles is the guy, you already, before the 2020 season begins, you're calling Mitch a bust. You're moving on from him. His time in Chicago is completely over from that point forward. It doesn't matter if Foles goes down to an injury and Mitch comes back. You're done. Like You're moving on. And I think what we saw to Kevin White, the fact that Adam Sheen is on a roster up until yesterday, Pace is going to do what he can to give himself every opportunity to look right and that he made the right decision here. And by doing so, you start Mitch week one. You see how it goes. I think Mitch is your car. He's what makes you go as far as he's going to take you. We don't know exactly the distance that that uh, tank of gas has, but Nick Foles is like your insurance policy, a much better one than uh, the Chase Daniel one that we had a year ago. But I think unless, and again, this is definitely still possible, unless Nick Foles proves to everyone in camp that he is just leaps and bounds ahead of Mitchell Trubisky mentally, physically, and just leadership-wise as well, if he's not leaps and bounds ahead, if it's relatively close or if it's 60-40 foals, I think Mitch still gets the benefit of the doubt, gets the starting job week one, and we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But Nick Foles, too, if he started in week one, he has not proven he can play all 16 games and get to you to all the way to the end there. So it may just be the Bears' best interest to kind of stash him. That would be the word I'll use is stash him. And just see if you need him later on in the season, if he can warm up. And as we've seen with Nick Foles in the past, he can jump in cold and get hot at the right time. So that may not be a terrible route for the Bears to go as well. Well, I got but a our, question for you before we move yeah. on to the next one. Yeah. When the Bears drafted Mitch, uh, one of the things that was said, especially early on in Mitch's career, uh, I think it probably came from all of us, so we can all answer this question. Um, you said this would define Ryan Pace's... Uh, tenure as GM. Uh, what do you think about that statement looking back at it now, I guess? Like, I do you mean, think it's still, still going to define it? Yeah, I mean, it's going to have a tremendous amount of weight, but the good news about Ryan Pace is he's made some other, I'll call them big boy moves. I was going to see some other phrase there in, in its <laughs> place, but he used some big boy moves. He's traded for Khalil Mack. He's drafted some really big hits like an Eddie Jackson. So there are other bits and pieces here that I would say also also kind of equating to that overall what do you want to call it persona that he's going to have that how his time here is going to be perceived but I think he's earned himself if Mitch is a bust to get another shot at a quarterback but when you look at Mike Lennon you look at Mitch and also Nick Foles those are those could be the three strikes too at the most important position because it doesn't matter how many times you hit on some of these other positions if you keep missing at quarterback you're just never going to be a team that can really 
contend for a Super Bowl. And that's what every GM's goal is. Nick, how about you? No, I mean, I think this will always haunt Ryan Pace. That That is for sure. Like, when you think about the 2017 draft, you ask yourself, who is the GM that took Mitch over Patrick Mahomes and Sean Watson? That's always going to be – that's always going to be the question or the 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 conversation, right? But to, to Ryan Pace's credit, he has revamped this defense, has put them in, I think, a position to try and compete, but they're missing the most important aspect of that, and that's a capable quarterback. And we'll have to see what this 2020 season actually brings. But, yeah, I think it's a huge – detriment to Ryan Pace and what he has done well because there are a lot of things there definitely are but when you trade up and just just pick the wrong QB I think that is something that honestly I think that's what people remember Ryan Pace for outside of Chicago I think more so like they'll just remember Ryan Pace as a guy that missed on the two guys that are going to look like to have obviously Patrick Mahomes being a Hall of Fame career but Deshaun Watson having a great career as well I think that's what people outsiders will remember Ryan Pace for as opposed to us we know what he's done he's done some really good things here but that I think will be the narrative for Ryan Pace moving forward yeah I mean it's a sour taste in all of our mouths right now and from like you said Nick an outsider's perspective that's but outside of perhaps Khalil Mack, the biggest decision, the biggest move, and it's not just drafting Mitch and trading up to draft Mitch. It's those two other quarterbacks you mentioned that were definitely options that, well, should have been on the table. Don't think they were on the table, but they should have been, and that's another concern to have as well. But B, you ask, so you have to also answer. It's only fair. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't think it'll be one, like, I don't think the Mitch decision is one that necessarily would cost him his job. Because uh, like you guys have said, he's done so many other great things as GM uh, that I think really uh, attribute him to being able to seek out talent and bring it in. Uh, but it's not just quarterback that he's he's missed on with Mitch. He missed on like Kevin White, and he, there was all this big talk about Adam Shaheen who hasn't panned out. So and that's just typical draft stuff, I guess. But offense seems to be the position or the side of the ball that he struggles to find that talent, I think. Other than offensive line, he's done good with uh, James Daniels and Cody White here. So, Yeah, and hopefully they all have their rebound that we're hoping for um, as well. But real quickly, Nick, we make a promise every year, and Brandon, you know this as well, that uh, every offseason, every summer, we talk about every single player on the roster heading into training camp. And we have one player left that we have not discussed. And he is, I guess he's the grand finale inside the grand finale. And that, of course, is... Uh, Tyler Bray, the perennial third-string quarterback in Chicago. He's not going to get any of his game action uh, here in the preseason that he's accustomed to, unfortunately for him. Uh, But, of course, he's been around now for a few years, knows Nagy's offense well. Just another voice and mind in that quarterback room. But that's all I have on my notes. Nick, anything else you want to add about Tyler Bray that we're not going to be able to see uh, this season? Yeah, the (laughs) one last last thing about Tyler Bray that I didn't know until – I think Cordell Patterson posted on an Instagram story a couple days ago. He went to, I mean, they played at college together. And Cordell Patterson, man, Tyler Bray and I were lighting it up at the University of Tennessee. I'm like, wait, Tyler Bray went to Tennessee? Like, I look to have her up right here. He did. So that's literally all I have about Tyler Bray. We'll probably see him on the practice squad. And that's about it. Did you guys hear my doorbell? No. no did it sound like a popping noise, like my mic? No, it was like a real <laughs> doorbell. Actually, he's... Gave me like a little bit of a startle because I'm always like hyper focused here on the show. I was like, who is at my door? But all right, uh, B, I'm going to pass on you with Tyler Bray just for the sake of time, if that's okay. 
yeah, the, the only thing I was going to say is he's going to be the tallest quarterback in the room we won't see on the field. So. There you go. That's really <laughs> about it. I know there's already people like, oh, Bray in the chat, but uh, good. He had his moment. We talked about every guy in our roster, and we adhered to our promise. So up next, we're going to play some over-under, answer some true and false questions uh, about the quarterbacks and make our season predictions for the position. But first, Nick, I know we got a couple of shout-outs between the last time we've had an episode and now, so you want to hand out over uh, hand over the shout-outs that you received. Yeah, so we got a few shout-outs in a short amount of time, so thank you to those who donated. Uh, we have a shout-out for Logan France from Elgin, Illinois. Thank you so much for the donation. And Eli McKinnon from Start Cordell Patterson, Illinois, or Arlington, Virginia. Thank you, Eli, for the donation. And if you want to get a shout-out on the next podcast, here's how you can make that happen, either through Venmo or PayPal. If you send us a $5 donation, we'll give you a shout-out on the next podcast. When you send us that donation, put down your name and where you're from so Will and I and maybe Brandon will give a better sense of who is sending us these generous donations and where exactly our supporters are from. It's just awesome to see, again, the scope of where our listeners are from, and it's cool to give you guys a shout-out. But here's how you can make that happen. On Venmo, look up the username, the Chicago Audible. should see my name, Nicholas Moriano, and the Chicago Audible logo. And then on PayPal, you can make the donation to Chicago Audible dot com slash paypal well said nick let's go ahead and jump right into that over under and i have my very first one set and i'm assuming now because we all said mitch is starting week one i put for a quarterback of your choice but i think we all just have to use mitch now as the quarterback of choice uh, for better or for worse which may be the exact decision and thought that the bears are going to have when they make that decision here in about a month but I set the over under at 3,300 passing yards for whoever you have it starting. So that'd be Mitch. He had 3,223 in 2018, and then it dropped to 3,138 last season. So I set it a little higher because we need this offense to take flight. So 3,300 passing yards. B, what about you? You gonna take the over? You gonna take the under? Uh, I think I'm going to take the under because I don't think that he's necessarily going to be the one that finishes the season. So I'm taking the under. That's a very wise move. I think so as well. I have the under at 3250 if he plays all 16 games, but that's another reason to probably take the under. But how about you, Nick? You going to go in a different direction? No, I'm going to stick with you guys and go under as well. Yeah, I just don't see either one of these guys playing the full season. So regardless if it was Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky for this particular question, I just don't see him getting over the the market that you set well. So going under. How about this, Nick? Just real quick. I don't have it in my notes, but for fun, entire 16 games, I don't care who's playing quarterback, 3,500 passing yards. Can we do it? Yeah, you could do that, I think, with Nick Foles as your quarterback. Yes. Really? <laughs> with Nick Foles? <laughs> I think so. I, I I know he's had his bits, his spurts, but I think he just get the most out of this offense. I don't even think three, you know, 3,500 yards is that much. Now, in this day and age of offense, I think you can get that much, even with lower-level quarterback play, just, just got to know the offense. Yeah, and if you get guys in catch-and-run situations – and get the, that yak. It's easy money there. But next up, we have the over-under for passing touchdowns. I'm sitting it for the entire season for 25. And God, I don't know. If you guys want to do one quarterback or the other, if you just want to do an entire season, which honestly may just be better at this point because it seems like we're all just we're all up in the air in terms of who's going to play, how many games. There's a, there's a controversy here. We're not 
being malicious about it. I think it's just a matter of fact. So I'm setting the over-under for the season, 25 passing touchdowns. Mitch's career high is 24. Foles's is 27, which, of course, came from the year 2013, which is everyone's career year for most of the free agents we brought in. Uh, Nick, how about you? Uh, I'm going to kind of defer here, but over-under 25 passing touchdowns. I'll go over 25 passing touchdowns. I think this offense is capable. You have you have enough weapons, and I won't say who's the quarterback. Maybe it's both of them. They can get a combined more than 25 touchdowns. I'll set it at 30 for, for the season. That's, again, taking part that both guys kind of contribute, but 30 touchdowns. Okay. I set mine at 27, so I did also take the over. Uh, I don't know with who and from what, but 27 <laughs> yeah. felt like a really good number. How about you, B? Uh, if they're under that number the bears are not going to be a 500 team or there was some sort of COVID issue to where we're not playing all 16 games so i'm going to take the over because i definitely see it's possible okay i'm going to set the over under at 275 rushing yards from quarterbacks so this is all pretty much mitch uh just probably being frank here uh, mitch had 421 in that big 2018 season and nick you talked about it. such a big downturn shoulder injury Definitely played a part. Can't risk that too much when it's in a harness. But he only had 193 rushing yards last year. So quarterbacks combined, 16 games. Can we get 275 rushing yards from the position? What do you think, B? Uh, you know, I'll take the over. I don't know if that's a controversial uh, one or not since I'm the first one to go. But I'm going to take the over just because that sounds something that uh, Matt Nagy needs to do in this offense to be able to spice things up and be able to get uh, – get defenses thinking again rather than just relying on what we've seen time and time again the last couple of years <laughs> everyone's liking that i'm how about you b because i haven't been able to say that phrase forever <laughs> which is nice which is awesome it just it, just, it really kind of came back uh, as we kind of gone through this show it's old habits die hard um but yeah nick how about you yeah i'll go over with that i mean mitch Trubisky, we've already we've seen that he's capable of getting outside the pocket and hurting defenses with his feet and you're not really expecting Nick Foles, or you shouldn't expect Nick Foles to run for any significant yardage unless he really, really has to. But yeah, it's definitely capable. Um, I'll put it at 350 for the quarterbacks to, in terms of rushing yards. It's definitely an improvement over last year, but not quite what we saw from Mitch in 2018. All right, I'm taking the over as well, so maybe we're getting a little bit too brash here, but I'm taking 300, a good round even number, just a little bit over uh, what I put. So that's easy win for me. But uh, two more over-unders. I have 10 interceptions thrown by quarterbacks. 10 was the number last year for Mitch. As Brandon, you mentioned, uh, Nick Foles does tend to turn the ball over less. But Nick, I'll let you kick this one off. You can take the over or the under with the 10 interceptions thrown. Yeah, that's a, they're going to have more opportunities, I think, on offense. And there were a lot of passes that should have been intercepted. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. From Trubisky, you know what? Given, again, the circumstances of not maybe knowing the offense as well as Nick Foles should, maybe just with chemistry with receivers, there could be some hiccups early on in the season. If he is the one that starts, I'll say over. Um, maybe we'll go we'll go 13 interceptions, and that could be both. I don't know how I'm <laughs> divvying that up, but 13 interceptions. 
All right. That sounds, I was going to say it sounds good, but it doesn't. We don't want that. (laughs) But you know what I meant? Like, okay, thank you for your answer. Brandon, (laughs) how about yourself? Are you going to take the over or the under on those interceptions? Uh, Gee, I'm on the fence on this one. I think I will take the under. I think we have two game managers that are going to be fighting for this uh, quarterback spot here, and I I just don't see them being too overly aggressive and throwing the ball downfield. I think they'll see more checkdowns, more safe passes, because they want to ensure that they're not turning the ball over and losing the job that way. Okay, so we have one under, one over. I'm going to double down on the over. I had 11 in my notes. Uh, like you, Nick, if it's Mitch, we know we're going to see a few of those opportunities. Nick Foles, too, he does have that tendency to sell some of those deeper passes in the intermediate game, uh, which could be dangerous. And I think chemistry in general, I think the NFL is going to be really odd for that first month because of just how this offseason is going. So I envision some sloppy play, which will definitely lead into this factor as well. The final over-under, I have uh, 70 games, 70% of the game started by who you determined as the starter. So we all said Mitch, so that's going to be this. Will Mitch start over or under 70% of the games this season, Nick? No, he won't. Um, I think 70 is a little too high. Um, I think it's after – it's probably going to be half, honestly. If that first quarter of the season goes well for Mitch, he plays well against his bad defense, but it's that second quarter of the season where if Mitch is struggling, you pull him. There's 50% of the games. You see what Nick Foles can potentially do to finish out the season. He's done it. Uh, plenty of times in relief, coming in relief and playing well, but I say it's about say it's about fifty fifty. That's where this whole debate has been fifty fifty. <laughs> who's going to play? So yeah, I'll go fifty percent. Brandon, are you at the same boat? Uh, yeah, I don't think Mitch plays seventy eight percent of the games this year. That's that's tough to really commit to on air live, no errors. So I'm going to take <laughs> the uh, less aggressive route on this one. I'll be a game manager and say that we're going to be fifty fifty. I mean, unless Nick Foles gets injured. That's the big yep. thing. That's actually why or I took the over. So I got 75%, three quarters of the games. And again, I know, Nick, like how the schedule breaks down, that 50% mark works. But how soon, it really depends on how competitive these games are. Because if the Bears are close and their quarterback plays what's holding them back, you got to pull the trigger. Will they? I don't know. I don't think either of us do. But that's really what it comes down to. But Brandon, I'm surprised he had such a hard time committing after getting married in his last few months. So I just wanted to throw that out there. (laughs) All right, we have two true or falses. Yeah, exactly. I understand. (laughs) Uh, You know, picking a life partner versus a quarterback percentage of games is such a tougher decision. (laughs) I understand. All right, uh, two true or falses, not true or falses. Um, So true or false. 2020 is Mitchell Trubisky's final year in Chicago. Brandon. False. Oh, that's all you're going to say? No, you don't want to give me any elaboration? Oh, well, I was just giving a single answer, true or false. But I I think that Mitch is going to do just enough, but he'll get one of those, you know, one more one-year prove-it deals again, kind of like we've seen him do in the past. Uh, Because obviously he's not picking up the fifth-year option, but I think Mitch is going to do just enough that he's going to be able to earn another contract. It's not going to be one of those big deal breakers like Patrick Mahomes, obviously. And Mitch is going to have to realize that when he goes shopping around in free agency, I think that uh, Ryan Pace will let him test the market, but he's going to come back to Chicago, I think. Yeah. Mahomes gets 10 years and for Trubisky, at least where I stand right now, I'm like, can you do like one of those NBA 10 day contracts? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) We can figure out the difference somehow, some way, but how about you, Nick? Do you see this upcoming season as Mitch's final? 
Yeah, I do. I think this is kind of it for Mitch Trubisky. He has to really ball out and just win this starting job and hold on to it for for that not to be true. I think this is his last season to prove himself, and if he doesn't, I think the Bears just need to move on. It's it's been that time now where we've seen where much Mitch can, what he can do, what he can't do, and if it just doesn't come together in 2020. This will be his last year. Especially, look, there's other another quarterback here that's vying to take his job. And if that happens at any point during the season where they go to Nick Foles, it's done right there. We know he's not coming back unless injury and then he comes back and plays stellar. But that's really unlikely. But I'm going to say it right now. I think 2020 is Mitch's last year unless he just breaks out and becomes the number two overall pick that we all hoped he could be. All right, well, I'm going to chime in here real quick because I don't know how much of the uh, coronavirus talk you guys have brought up on the show in regards to the football season. But if something funky happens this year, do you think that they could still bring him back with some unknowns in there depending how the season shakes out? Man, doesn't that get difficult? (laughs) I'm just trying to buy my case here. (laughs) No, it's... It's tough, Brandon. I mean, it is. It's very. We tough. don't even know what's going to be happening in a week from now. And like no, again, it. they just put their protocol in place for training camp, and that could change on a dime. So oh, we yeah. have no. I mean, the whole season could end up not getting washed. I don't think they're going to try, but you I never know. Asterisk. Yeah. So who knows, and how that could impact their decision if there's a full season, or if there's even a good chunk of this year that ends up being played through. I still see it as Mitch's final, unless, Nick, you said it, there is that outlet where he can play to the degree that makes Ryan Pace look real good, and if that's the case, you sign him. But for Brandon, if, unless COVID really does impact the season like you just said, if we have a normal-ish type of year, it's a hard buy to sell when you're like, hey, Mitch, come here for one more year, because... For Ryan Pace, that looks like he failed still because you're not signing your draft pick for another long contract. And for Nick, you said it too. At that point, it's probably just time to move on because it's kind of like, what are you going to get back? Like nothing. And then if you draft another quarterback, like that's a weird spot to be in as well. So it just makes the most sense to move on for Mitch if he doesn't show that growth that we, we hope he does. Just don't have the confidence that it can be there. All right, one more true and false question. It's the same thing, but about Nick Foles, really. Is he on the roster in 2021? Do you see a way for that happening, Nick? God, um, I was going into this that both these guys could be not on this roster come 2021, but I think with they, they structured the contract to where there's a lot of incentives for Nick Foles to do well. If he makes a Pro Bowl, he's able to get it to an NFC championship. He, get, he earns extra money. So I think there's that that kind of faith that maybe Nick Foles can get them there. And look, if he plays well enough, I think he will be in Chicago in 2021, but will an injury hinder that? Will Mitch playing well to maybe decrease his playing time? So there's all these factors in it, but I will say that he will be on the roster come 2021, but I was really torn with this. I knew this would come up. Will both these quarterbacks, this question was going to come up. But I will say true. Nick Foles will be on the roster come 2021. Okay, see, I'm right here with you, Nick, because I think Foles has a better chance of being on a roster because it can go so many different ways where you can leverage having Foles on. Where with Mitch, it's kind of more of a narrow focus. It's like if he's good, he can come back. And if he's not, you have to move on. And that's why I think Foles has that better shot because if Foles gets an opportunity, 
plays well. That's an easy sell to the fan base why you would bring him back. And then if they want to draft a quarterback high, you have a really good mentor in Nick Foles, someone that could be that bridge quarterback. So there's just a couple of different options, I think, for Nick Foles to why it would make sense for him to come back. Obviously, that's all up in the air, depends on how the season goes. But I think Foles, out of the two, has a better shot just because I don't think Mitch will take the jump needed to get that new contract, whereas Foles, I think the bar's lower. And like I said, a couple of different paths that would lead to him being on the team. How about you, B? What are your thoughts about Nick Foles in 2021? Uh, see, I don't think Nick Foles makes it back because if he's just a product of everyone that's around him, like we talked about earlier, just being a game manager, things of that nature, and all the Bears have four weapons really is just Allen Robinson and some other um, – undefined options at tight end and a somewhat injury ridden Anthony Miller uh, and an underused Tariq Cohen, then I don't really know that he's going to be able to produce uh, if these guys can't step up and, and help him. So I, if he's just a product of everyone around him, then everyone else has to really step up for Nick Foles to make a case to stay. So I think uh, for that reason, Mitch has the better reason uh, to stick around potentially than Nick Foles does. I'm going to poke one thing. You said underused Tariq Cohen. Nick and I talked about him for a couple of shows. Maybe overused. He needs to be more efficiently used. Just too many. Oh, okay. That's it's, again. I'll like buy he that, had, yeah. yeah, it was a lot of touches last year where just not a lot of impact. So he does need to find get those balls. He just needs to find a way to make the most of those situations. But you answer my question, which is good. But it's time for bold predictions now, and I'll go ahead and kick this one off. My bold prediction for the quarterbacks. Again, these are bold predictions. These aren't what we think are going to happen. Predictions. I have Mitch ends up starting all 16 games, finishes the season as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's also going to have better numbers than Deshaun Watson this year, which that one may not be a stretch without DeAndre Hopkins to help him out with those numbers in Houston. But that's where I'm at for a bold prediction. And that would really help Ryan Pace's case as general manager and his legacy as Brandon, we already talked about earlier. But again, that's a bold prediction, not what I'm envisioning. But, Brandon, I'll go over to you next. What's going to be your bold prediction for the quarterbacks? I think bold prediction, Mitch Trubisky starts all 16 games, goes over the total yards we did earlier for the over-under. I think you said at, what, 3,500, right? Uh, I think I said at 32. 33. 32? 33? Okay, he'll go over the 33. I'll say he gets the 35 because it's a bold prediction. I say he gets to there and earns himself a semi-long-term contract with the Bears. Okay. I like that one a lot. I mean, that would be great for us uh, and the fan base if he can get to that point because starting over at a quarterback that that's with the core where it's at would be another uh, tough avenue for us to kind of go through. But, Nick, I know you're excited that Brandon's back, so that means you have an extra buffer to kind of come up with a bold prediction, as you usually do on the spot. But all kidding aside, <laughs> uh, what's going to be your bold prediction for the QBs? Hey, I have my bold prediction already set at the beginning of the show, but – and it's not, I don't think it's as bold as your guys's, but we saw Matt Nagy in 2018 utilize a two quarterback package in that Tampa Bay game where Chase Daniel, more like a decoy, but I could definitely, definitely see Matt Nagy utilizing that with Mitch and Nick Foles, having that two quarterback package. But in one of the games this season, however many are actually played, they will each throw a touchdown in Whatever game this is, we'll see that two quarterback package and it'll just be not a wrinkle that you'll see on a daily basis or a game, you know, a game basis by the Bears. But it's something to think about. Two quarterbacks on the field that both, I would say, kind of know the offense can both be weapons out there. And both those quarterbacks will throw a touchdown in this 
specific game. Okay, I like that. Honestly, with Mitch's athleticism, that would be an in, you can utilize that, and who knows, that would be interesting uh, to say the least. Really like special. The, well, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, well, last but not least, we need to hand out our confidence meter for the position. Um, well, that was tough uh, to say the least. Uh, feel confident. I don't. We said a lot of good things. We said a lot of things we're concerned about. I think Nick, we definitely had more concerns about this position than most other positions. Maybe offensive line was the other one that we had a tremendous amount of concern for. But with that said, and I needed to use that phrase too, I put that in my notes because I wanted another <laughs> habit to kind of pop out here with Brandon on the show. I do need us to all go through our confidence meters. And Brandon, I will go to you first. I'm going to hover around a six and a half, seven. I think there'll be some solid play, but it's not going to be very consistent. And anytime we're going to have to throw the backup in because the starter isn't living up to his hype or just not playing well. It just doesn't look very good for the position on that team. So I think we'll get some solid play out of both quarterbacks. But as soon as one of them really starts to struggle, we're going to see the other one thrown in, I think. And that's going to be a reason for concern for this team because no quarterback's going to be able to get a feel for the season uh, or really in a game if they're changing guys out. Uh, if we're both, if all of us are at the 50 50 stake, then I, there's, there's some shakiness, but we'll get some solid play. So I'm going to say six and a half to seven. Okay. Uh, for myself, I have a 5.7. I thought going with the Olin Krutz number would really kind of protect me here as I go through and fitting with a quarterback here, but just honestly skeptical about how much Mitch can grow without a true offseason of work. I'm sure about Nick Foles' ability to jump in and be an instant upgrade, being so new to the team, no practices as of even today or preseason games to have in the future, with kind of holding him back with that chemistry building um, opportunities that he could have had. And then both quarterbacks, uh, we talked about it. They have their own drawbacks and their own rights, and neither are ideal options, I don't think. Neither are top 10 quarterbacks in the league, as Nick, you already talked about, looking at other quarterbacks just in the NFC alone. So expectations for me when it comes to the quarterbacks are going to be minimal. I just hope that one of these guys can end up running the system effectively, efficiently, and just hopefully, Brandon, the term you used was game management. Hopefully we can get something like that because a game manager would have won the Bears a few more games last year composed to what we saw. So for me, it's hard to get myself over that hump of a six. So I'm going to sit at a 5.7. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. How about you, Nick? Yeah, so I think Cliff in the chat makes a really good point. Quarterback controversies are bad. You don't want to ever have a discrepancy of who should be the starter. There shouldn't be a quarterback competition. You want to be a team that has a solidified starter you feel good about, and you can't say that about the Bears. We have been, for the most part of this podcast, almost 50-50 on like everything. Everything that we could have talked about, the variables placed on both these quarterbacks, and we still really don't even know, right? We're going to have to wait out and see what actually happens week one. So my confidence in this position right now has to be a five. I just don't know what I'm going to see from either one of these guys. We talked about what could happen 
if things go right, if we see the growth from Mitch, if we see Nick Foles learn this offense and just utilize the familiarity from all the coaches and put that on the field on Sundays, that could be the potential, but we just don't know. And just everything happening again with going on right now with COVID-19 doesn't help us to know. And we're not going to get the best of feedback in training camp with these two guys. So right now I'm at a five with, with my confidence in regardless of who starts the season, who finishes the season, just quarterback play in general. And that I think is just not the best spot to be in. We just want to see some, I would take mediocre to average play. We were talking about that, Will, on the O-line show. Uh-huh. Average play. And I think if you get average play from the quarterback position, like you just said, Will, you probably win a couple more games. You Maybe there's an extra team that's going to the playoffs this year. Maybe you're that extra team if you have average quarterback play. I don't know if we get that, so that's why I'm at a five. Yeah, I think that's fair as well. And you reminded me that we do have an extra opportunity to make the playoffs. So that's always great. That's something I keep forgetting about um, as well. But what a weird year uh, 2020 uh, has been with all these different wrinkles that's thrown in our way. But that's going to do it for this episode. Brandon, uh, before we go, I just want to let you know, A, thank you for uh, making some of the time here on your Sunday afternoon to make an appearance. I know, like I said, on top of the show, I'm super excited about it. I know Nick was as well. And I mean, if you go back to watch the replay of this live chat, man, you'll just see so much love for the Brandon Hazlett coming back here on the show. It's just tremendous to see people popping in 20 minutes later like, oh, snap, we have Brandon back. You got Tristan <laughs> tripping over his computer, getting out of the shower. So it's just a lot of great <laughs> feedback. People are just freaking out, man. And I'm sure a lot of people listening at home, too, as soon as they heard your voice, were uh, elated because it felt like old times. And I know we had a lot of great memories, uh, the three of us and – Nick and I have been able to hold down the fort here over the last year or so. But like I said, uh, anytime you want to hop on the show, you're welcome. I know your schedule's limited, but hopefully we have a good season ahead and we can have you on more often than not. Yeah, absolutely. I would absolutely look forward to coming back and doing a, a post-game show. I miss doing those every now and again. So maybe we get a, a Thursday night. I don't know what our schedule looks like off the top of my head, but we get one of those Thursday or Sunday night games in there where it's easy to wind down and, uh, just be able to talk a Bears game. It'd be nice to really come on and appreciate everyone in the chat for all the love you've been sending my way. Thank you so much. And real quick, did I ever tell you about the horse? <laughs> horse? I guess not. So there's a there's a, a guy who breeds racing horses uh, here in like the Illinois, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky area, and he named one Chicago Audible. Wow, that's awesome. We'll have to make sure we put a bet on that one. I, I know we have a couple oh, yeah. years still, uh, but we're going to be keeping track of his career and I can't wait to see Chicago audible running one day. So I just want to let you know, I just saw, I had it in my settings from a few episodes ago and it just has a video horse. And I'm like, I don't think I ever told Brandon about that. So yeah, I'll have to show you after the show. I send you a couple links. It's pretty, pretty cool. The three but... of us are going to have to make a trip to the Derby if that's the case. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. We're going to look, I know Nick's already planning his outfit, so we're in a good spot. This is true. <laughs> all right so up next nick and i we're gonna discuss nick i don't know do you know uh i was hoping you knew but Brandon, you know uh tune in next time <laughs> <laughs> but for real uh obviously nick and i we did try to get credentials for camp because it's limited the bears denied those uh, we tried to at least get some right, firsthand right. information uh like some official team transcripts some other just data points that they provide media members and that too was denied uh, apparently 
just because we have a website and just because we have a podcast doesn't warrant them to recognize us still. But need not worry. Uh, Nick and I will be doing our best to provide you with the best coverage that we possibly can. Throughout what I'm Nick, I'm really expecting this to be a very, I'm going to call it a dark August because there's a lot of restrictions on what the media can and can't report. And with those limitations, plus no anything public-facing, no practices that are public-facing, no preseason games, it's going to be a very dark month as we kind of figure out what's happening with this team. So if you have any content ideas at all, whether it's written, whether it's podcast topics, I mean, Nick, we just talked about every single guy in this roster, but I'm sure there are other topics uh, that we can come up with. So let us know uh, either on social media, on our Facebook, on our Twitter, or send me an email. Will at chicagoaudible.com. We're here to listen and we want to provide you with the content that you want. So if you have any preferences, please let us know. Uh, we'll be working through a couple of, I have some rough ideas, but still we just talked about every guy. So it's like, what more can we do? The, that's the detriment, Nick, of us having such a comprehensive podcast. Like we do, we talk about every player heading into camp and now camp's here and things are shut down. I'm like, well, now what? But we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Uh, I know I'm going to work on some projects here, but we'll figure something out when we don't have the access that we normally would, which is unfortunate, but we got it. We got something in the works. Yeah, we'll figure it out for sure. Anything else that I miss before I sign off, Nick? Letting people know how to support us? I think it's the only thing I forgot in my notes. Yeah, again, if you want to support us, send us a donation to get a shout out on the next podcast, whenever that is. Um, you could do that by looking up on Venmo, our username, the Chicago Audible. And then on PayPal, it's chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. Wonderful. And if you don't have any financial means of supporting the show, as you know, just tell your friends, tell fellow Bears fans that go such a far away, um, as well as leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. We're at 600, 601 reviews, which means we just were able to send out a free Bears jersey. But next time we hit it off century marks, so 99 reviews away, we'll send out another one. Uh, so obviously, I'm not going to harp on that one too much for a while. But if you're listening, you're like, hey, I want to be a part of that next giveaway, now's a great time to get yourself entered for that. And, of course, you get to help support the show along the way. So we'll be back soon to discuss what I'm putting in my notes as something Bears-related. And I put a winky face because I like to have fun in my own notes. So that's where we stand. Brandon Hazlett's back part-time, but hopefully today's show is good enough to hold you over to the next time. Brandon can come back as well. So for Nicholas Moriano, myself, uh, yeah, we'll be back soon. Something Bears-related, but until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.